Behind every bit of mom wisdom is a story. A story of a real mom and real kids just trying to love each other well. Whether you're cozied up on the couch with a mug of coffee, pulling out of car line and heading to work, or out for a walk, you're welcome to join us as we share stories and laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the I'm Mom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the I'm Mom Podcast. This week's story comes from Megan, who's a mother of two-year-old James. I'm Abby, mom of two boys ages eight and 10. And joining us are Chloe, who's a newlywed and iMom's social media manager, and Susan, who's the founder of iMom.com and mother to five kids, all adults, including Megan. So Megan's story about her son today is about Susan's grandson. So she has a vested interest in this tale. And we're calling this story Instinct versus Internet. Yeah. So when I was pregnant, obviously I'm reading all sorts of books, whether it's what to expect when you're expecting, mom's on call, you name it, all the popular ones, trying to figure out some way and be prepared some way of what I'm getting myself into. Because I am a researcher and I think every mom at some point reads some sort of book before they have a baby. Um, And there's just so many different schools of thought and it can be overwhelming and not to mention all the things you can read on the internet that are super overwhelming and you prepare for the worst, hope for the best, but you're also not sure what to do because you've never done this before. And so when I first had him, I was like, I don't know what to do with this with this baby. I know I need to get him on some sort of schedule, but we, both my husband and I, are extroverts, and we like to go out and do our own thing and travel, and our family lives elsewhere, and so we like to go see them. And so I was like, I don't want to be on such a schedule that I can't live my life. However, newborns, in my opinion, I think need to be on some sort of schedule, but it was like, do I do this really strict, rigid schedule where nothing is out of place? He eats at the exact same time he goes to bed the exact same time he has a bath every night he reads a book yada yada or do I take the advice of some friends and say hey he revolves around you and your schedule not not the other way around you don't revolve around him he's supposed to revolve around you and so I was kind of in this back and forth of what do I do do I get him on this strict schedule or do I just do our own thing And what I came to realize was it was a mixture of both. I kind of just had to trust my gut and my instincts. And so he was on some sort of schedule. However, if we had something to do or something that was a little bit off, we would just go with it and I would just see how he did. Now, I preface or I caveat that with the fact that I think it's completely dependent on the child. I could have another Mm -hmm. child that needs to be on a super strict schedule or I could have a child that's even more go with the flow and doesn't need to be on a schedule at all. But what I came to realize was it really just, you you have to try things out and then you have to trust your gut and go with it. And so that was something that in having a, a new child, I had to kind of figure out on my own. But at the same time, it was overwhelming because I'm also a little bit of a perfectionist. And so a little <laughs> thanks mom. <laughs> so I was, well, I'm, I'm afraid I'm messing up, you know, my child, which right. is a huge, huge right. deal. And so you're trying to, trying to figure it out and what to do. And I think it can feel that way at any age because right. you've never necessarily had an, 
elementary or teenager. Every age is new when your kids are, right. are growing yeah. up. I'm having like PTSD hearing you talk about this because <laughs> I was like serious when my kids were little. I was one of those super strict schedule moms. I know that's shocking. Wow. Totally shocking yeah. to you guys because um, I'm very like detail and I'm a planner. I mean, to the point where and the nanny that we had, she was more she was crunchy. You know, she was very <laughs> go, go with the flow. But I was like, well, this is my child and I'm paying you to be here. And mm-hmm. so here's what I'd like you mm-hmm. to do. He needs to eat at 7, 10, 1, and 4. Mm-hmm. 7, 10, 1, and 4. 7, 10, 1, and 4. Like that was the schedule he was on. And then you need to lay him down to sleep at this time. You can do it five minutes early, but do not be five minutes late. Oh, my goodness. Like to the point, And I mean, <laughs> now looking back, this woman probably thought I was <laughs> nuts. Neurotic. And totally just a dictator mm-hmm. over her. But I had read the book. My friend had done it and said it was great. And he sleeps and da, 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 da. And so I was like, well, this is just what I'm going to do. And with the second one, I kind of did the same thing, but I had to be more relaxed because I didn't have a choice because the other one was one and a half years old and I just had to had to do it. But I think that when you combine when you have a friend who did something and had success combined with like reading the book and thinking, if I don't do this exact thing, my child is there's I'm going to mess up my kid. Then Mm -hmm. like that, those two things combined create like obsessive compulsive type of behaviors at least for me it did yeah when I was going into thought like this is how far down the road my thought process went was like okay if I don't get him on a strict schedule now is he never going to be on a good schedule is he not going to sit through school and then he's not going to sit through work as an adult and like, oh, well it's like they, they'll be able to self 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 soothe say that three times fast and that means that when they're 15 they'll be able to self soothe whatever you know it's like you're convinced that the decision you're making today when they're 12 days old is going to impact them for the rest of their lives the problem is we're told from a very young age when we get our first report card that this is the way you do it to get the grade and the problem with Mm. being a parent is there is no grade so you never know Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Am I messing it up? And I think we all want affirmation and confidence that we're doing it right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, whether it's the internet or whether it's a a certain friend, like you said, or whether it's a teacher or a, a doctor, we get advice or we read something and we latch onto it. And it confirmation may, bias. Yeah, exactly. And and I think then we may drown out the instinct, um, which which could be not a good thing. So, Susan, since your kids are all grown and having their own kids now, what was the like sleep strategy du jour when they were little? Like what was, so funny. What were people it's doing so then? Okay, so I'm just going to name it. Baby Wise had just come that's out. What I'm, that's what I'm when, talking about. When I had kids. And and I have to say, I I was su- super strict about naps, whether they wanted to sleep or not. Ask Megan. She had to like, they went to a half day kindergarten. She had to take a nap till she was six. She didn't have like to 10. fall asleep. But so <laughs> I created more zones. I wasn't that strict. Like you are going to, everybody's going down at one o'clock. And you're going to stay in your bed until three o'clock. And that's just quiet time. But we did not do baby wise. And my kids, you know, I just, my Peter's, Peter's Church was pretty old school. He said they should be sleeping through the night after 12 pounds. And if they're not, just work on it, push them. And it just wasn't a big deal. Now, I know that this, the super strict schedule works for a lot of people. 
But in, in Megan's case, they travel a lot and, you know, changing time zones and things like that. And, and I, I think it's been great for James. He's super flexible. But what it really comes down to even past babyhood. So let's move forward. Years. Well, and really fast before we move past babyhood, Sam Ponder, who I love. One thing she said that I think it was her doctor or someone said in the newborn phase, all you have to do is feed him and love him. Right. And that's really like, <laughs> it's other true. than that, it doesn't get back to basics. Yeah. Yep. Right. Right. I think moving past even, you know, to older kids, you're always going to doubt your instincts because you want affirmation. You want to make sure you're not making a mistake. And so you're going to turn to those things like doctors or the Internet or friends. And that's good to get counsel. But at the at 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 the end of the day, you know your child best. And I can't tell you, in the case of my daughter, so many of my kids, there have been seasons or times in their life where I knew something was wrong. Mm. And friends would say, don't worry about it. They'll grow it. Or a doctor would say, no, I don't think it's a problem. And they did. At the end of the day, one of my daughters has Addison's and I brought her to the pediatrician and I said, I know something's wrong. I've researched it on the internet. I think she might have Addison's. And he looked at me and he goes, I've taken care of Thousands and thousands of kids, never seen a case of Addison's. But if it will make you feel better, Susan, I'll do the test. She had Addison's. So at the end of the day, you have to listen to those instincts. And if you don't, um, if you still can't get clarity, pray about it. Three days to say, I'm going to be still. I'm not going to get in my head about this. I'm not going to ask anybody. I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to ask God to show me what I need to do. I had this happen and one of my kids was getting in trouble in school, like doing something really long. I won't go into it. And I prayed about it. And I said, Lord, you need to show me what's going on because I know it and I'm tired of trying to figure it out. And sure enough, (laughs) if this child's phone didn't start forwarding all its texts to me because Apple didn't update. Wow. And I learned it all. Oh my God. Every child's worst That's nightmare. Every teenager's worst nightmare is all of a sudden we shared an Apple ID and they did an update and all of a sudden mm-hmm. anyway, I think I'm just saying sometimes you can't go with internet. You can't go with friends because God gave you your child and your child needs you to know them. And you got to go with your instinct. So I think that we all spend so much time on the internet you know, on Instagram or on Facebook, reading what people are saying, reading stories, as opposed to spending time in scripture and letting that guide us in our parenting decisions, um, that those voices are so loud. And Chloe, what are, are there parenting trends today? Like, are there things that you're seeing online that are happening now that maybe weren't happening back 20, 30 years ago? Yeah, I kept seeing this over and over again. And I was curious, especially Susan, how you would feel about this is that um, 68% of millennial moms describe themselves as being over overprotective. So um, millennial mothers are just particularly worried because they're increasingly aware and scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, the effects of technology and social media. There are so many apps and different social media platforms that are coming out every day that these parents, you know, don't, know much about I mean Mm -hmm. I remember when I would go to the movie theater as a teenager my dad would look up on you know plugged in or one of those Christian review sites the movie before he would let me go and see it there were all these rules um, and I feel like especially with media and technology it's coming at such a fast pace so it's almost like people are so um 
paralyzed. There's so much coming at them. They're so paralyzed that they can't make any moves. They're they're exhausted from playing defense, from all the things trying to like get at their kids. Um, so they're just either, you know, defeated or just way overly protective and, and worried about their kids. I think I think it's a natural reaction because I think the moms today see so many more wrong things. Mm -hmm. Like that's another thing about the internet. You see everything that's happening. We just didn't hear about it. You know, you didn't, unless you watch the news at night, you didn't hear about it. So of course, if you're filling your mind with all the terrible things going on in the country, then you are going to have a a heightened level of anxiety about everything. And again, moms have that instinct, that nurture, protect instinct. So if you feel the tension of our culture and you're on high radar, that your instinct is going to push you to be like, oh my gosh, this is going to impact my kids. Mm. So I definitely see why millennial moms are more stressed out. And I do think, of course, there is cause for concern about what the media is going to do to the children. Okay, so the question then is, what is what's the, the the trend today? Where before I doubted my instincts because I was reading because I read Baby Wise. I didn't go on the internet for that, but I read Baby Wise. Mm-hmm. What is the thing that a mom today is doubting her instincts because she's reading or hearing about it on the internet? I don't think our point is that like you shouldn't re- yeah. read stuff on the internet because I think at some point like you're you're going to like it's there. You have to. I think it's. Do you think it's causing more anxiety? uh, Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's a balancing act. I mean, I think the point is like you have to. You have to sometimes like yeah, you need to go to the internet to look things up. Sometimes you need to ask other people, and sometimes you just have to go with your gut. And it's like figuring out what's yeah what's best. I have a question. What about in having boundaries and relationships of advice from people in your life about what to do with your kids? That's what I was thinking when you were sharing that story, because I was like, okay, so people are going to share their opinion with you forever. You're going to get their opinion on Facebook when you're scrolling. Mm -hmm. You're going to get someone's opinion when you're watching Mm -hmm. TV or you're, you know, getting an ad in on Instagram. But then ultimately you can just shut off your phone. But what about with your friend who doesn't vaccinate their kids? Right. And that's not the way you're choosing to do that. And what about when they want to tell you why you should not be doing that Um, or it's, you know, your sibling or someone in your life and it's affecting does it I'm I'm sure it affects your relationships in a completely different way because it's with your child now. Mm-hmm. And well, you, you just described like every relationship <laughs> a woman has with her mother-in-law, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I mean, all joking aside, like that's just that's what right. moms and mother and mothers-in-law do is tell you how to raise your children, and you have to figure out a way to say it kindly. Um, mm-hmm. this is something I've decided for my kids. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate you caring and you loving. And I know that there's a way that you did it, but this is how we are choosing to do it with our kids. And for me, I kind of chose my battles in that area. Some of things I would let them win yeah. be like, that's a great idea. Yeah. I'll do that because it was something I was probably already willing to do. Um, <laughs> but then other times I was like, no, this is what we're going to do. And, and thanks. And most of the time they're, they were really, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, uh, I think I kind of lucked out there that they were really good about that. But I think that you just have to set your, set your boundaries. And that's what's so funny is you go from this like really insecure mom who like doesn't know what to do is not sure about anything to then be becoming a, you know, older and more 
seasoned in yeah. your parenting journey and being like, well, this is how I did it and it worked. So yeah. it was right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you aren't going to break them. Like once you're right. a grandmother, you know, they're not going to break. And we have to remember, we have so much more information today. Mm. Think of a hundred years ago. How did they parent? They didn't know any of this. Yeah. And the point is, if the child, like you said earlier, Megan, if the child sleeps, eats and is loved yeah. at, at the basics, they're, they're going to be just fine. So how much of this we overthink or overanalyze. Oh, looking back now, I'm like, why did I waste so much time on that? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so silly. But yep. you, but we don't know. We And I, I I think the big point is, as moms, we put too much pressure on ourselves. And I, I'm going to do a shout out now for the single moms because I feel like being alone in this is even harder. If you have a husband, you can come to agreement. And Mark was that for me. If, if I got too much in the weeds about well, they do this and they do this and maybe we should do that. He'd be like, hey, wait a minute. We decided this was right for our family yeah. and this is what we're going to do. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. We did and it's been fine. And so why upset the apple cart? If for, for the single moms, I know this is harder because you're, you've got more pressure and you're alone. And so being feeling like you're not doing enough is probably a greater reality. Uh, it's, it's a tougher thing. So... But you raise a good point talking about the involvement of dads because more dads are involved today yeah. than ever mm-hmm. before. Um, my brother-in-law is a stay-at-home dad while my sister works. And so he's the main, he's on the PTA and stuff. So like trusting your mom instinct used to be the one decision. Like um, my ex-husband didn't care if we did baby wise or not. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, it was my choice because I was the one nursing the baby. I was the one getting up in the middle of the night. Um, and I was the one home on maternity leave for three months. But now trusting your mom instinct might also have to include listening to dad and his dad instinct. And like, how do you, what if your instincts don't tell you the same thing? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like then what do you do? Yeah. Well, and this kind of goes back to James. He's two and he's in a little preschool. He was in a school. He's now in a different preschool. So he was in one, we moved him to another one. And the reason we moved him, there was no specific thing that I could point to, except for the fact that he'd only been in the school for a couple months. And towards the end, he was just coming home really frustrated and really upset. And he is a very happy-go-lucky kid. He's usually never like that. And I just couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, why is he so upset? And there was a few other minor things that happened, but nothing like egregious. And But I could just tell something was wrong. He was just acting out of character for him, even as a toddler. And we both kind of knew it. We were trying to just move along and, and not look into it too much because, like I said, nothing egregious. But then we decided, okay, we're going to change changed schools for him and we did and he it is like night and day and so now I have so much guilt because I'm like what was going on that I didn't know and he's a toddler so he can't really tell me Mm. and I'm I'm really glad we moved him because he's so much happier now but I wish I had done it earlier and I wish I had trusted that that instinct and spoken up about it about it sooner but um, what if like online that school is known as the best school no, it's right. a great right. school. Area. yeah yeah it and was a great school and that's why we didn't really or my best friend who sends her kid there right yeah. right right but i love that that was a situation that you couldn't look up on mm-hmm. the internet and you couldn't really right. you know you had to figure it out you just noticed a change in his behavior and sometimes that's where we're the greatest student of our children so what do you do susan as a mom of adult children you still have parenting instincts, obviously, even though your kids are grown up, they're still, they're still in there, but these are adults now. Like, 
what do you do to bestow some wisdom and to try to steer them in the right direction, but not overbear? So uh, I'm going to shout out to Jody Byrne. She's an author of Praying the Scriptures for Your Children, Praying the Scriptures for Your Teenager, Praying the Scriptures for Your Adult Children, Praying the Scriptures for Your Marriage. She has these books that have literally lived by my bedside because within them are chapters about every specific thing that you could pray for for a child. And I think at the end of the day, there have been many times in my parenting where there was nothing I could do. And all I could do was pray. I think as you move further along, I'm much more confident now in my parenting ability than I was. Just wait till she's teenagers. Oh yeah. And then it's going to be, <laughs> oh, I think at each stage I'm still going to, I'm yeah. definitely going to still doubt, but I think you get a little bit more. At the end of the stage. At the end of the over. day, does instinct trump the internet? I would hope so. Possibly. So. It depends. I Case mean, it's, it's, well, I would hope so too, because it also goes back to confirmation bias. Like you can Google anything mm-hmm. and get Correct. confirmation bias for what you think is right. And Correct. so internet research does not equal like no actual. But research. in the case of Emily and Addison's disease, it led me to something that she could potentially have. Yeah. Well, and I think that's then where the Holy Spirit comes in. You know, exactly. you have your instinct and you can go to the internet and you say, okay, this is what I feel my gut telling me now, mm-hmm. Lord, I need you to, to, send me in the right direction. Like yeah. if the Holy Spirit could just guide me, then I'll feel better. So one thing I was going to say too, is I think that having trusted people that you can bounce things off of is super important because I don't think it has to be instinct versus internet. And those are the mm-hmm. only two options. I have a number of people that I really trust their opinion and they either have kids or have older kids or whatever it might be. And so I think it's fine to look things up on the internet, but I also think it's great if you have a couple trusted people that can give you good advice that maybe aren't in the same stage as your kids. Maybe they have older kids and they can just tell you from their experience Mm -hmm. what they, what worked for them and, and you take it for what it is. It's a balance. I think it's a balance. And I, and I think you, you know, you people, Internet, doctors, whoever it is, it's a balance to, to, um, and the Holy Spirit. As a social media manager, um, I mean, the internet, social media plays such a vital role in what we do and the opinions that we have because your phone knows you and you're being served the things that Mm -hmm. those apps know you'll like. If I follow one or two, Raw vegan accounts. Say I'm getting really into even it. if you mention it, your right. phone hears right. you and it will serve you. Stuff. But I'm I'm going to be getting more content that agrees with that. It's the confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. So if you are falling into one one camp of of motherhood, um, what's what's something like what's uh, a, cry it out versus soothe to sleep? Yeah, Rock you sleep. are mm-hmm. if you are getting into the cry it out camp you are going to get more cry it out content and you are going to develop a stronger opinion of that. One, people are paying money for you to see their content. Two, Instagram knows you. They see what you like. They see what you spend time reading versus what you keep scrolling through. So they, this algorithm is built 
for your interests and it's pushing you further into whatever camp you're in. You just described everything that's wrong with politics, like all the issues. <laughs> this that, is like, why the, the millennial has- moms are afraid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I also think that's why it's so important to be friends with, to continue yeah, being right. friends with people that have a completely different and be flexible view mm-hmm. than you do. And it's fine. Like what works for them works for them and what works for you works for you. And doesn't mean you can't be friends. On- that's a good point. Cause you're not going to get something different in your own I'm using air quotes, research. Right. And sometimes it's something that might be working for me might not necessarily be the best way. And how would I ever see that if I wasn't getting to know other people that have different thoughts? So then the question is, how do we leverage the internet to help us when it is being like served to us Mm. in an algorithm? How do we, how do we use it to our advantage? I think putting it in its rightful place. As a resource. As a resource. resource. Well, and knowing what different sites are. I think that I always like... Uh, if just I, go to imom.com. There you go. <laughs> That's right. No but, no, but truly, one thing I have to say is, as a mom of a... When I was a mom of a newborn, so many sites are just trying to sell you baby yeah, products. Yeah. And they're all pushing different products. And it just depends on the site they go to and who they have a partnership with and who's paying money to advertise these products. And so their content, I mean, everyone has seen this. I'm sure you all have seen this where they'll have a whole article and then they'll link to the product that they want you to buy to fix your problem. Mm-hmm. And that shameless plug is why I love iMom is because we do not push products. Mm -hmm. Our content is strictly there for moms to read and hopefully gain some sort of insight to whatever they're looking for without any products being pushed on them. Because trust me, you can buy every product under the sun and it still probably won't fix your problem. Just do what you were complaining about with this entire episode. The whole thing, just scroll all the way down to the bottom of the episode and there's the iMom link right there. Well, tell us about a time that you trusted your instinct over the internet or over other people. You can find the link in our show notes. And there's also a link to an article from iMom about when to trust your parenting instincts versus when to actually go ahead and listen to others. And if you have a mom story to share, we would love to hear it. Send us your story through Instagram at imom.com or Facebook at imom, or you can email imom at familyfirst.net and look for in the show notes for everything we chatted about. And we'll also post a link for you to subscribe to our imom minute so you can get quick daily inspiration right in your inbox. The iMom podcast is hosted and produced by Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal. Edited by Isaiah Gunther. 